You're listening to the Ranch Church Podcast. For more information and service times, go to ranchchurch.com. Matthew's Gospel, chapter 28. And verse 18 has what is called the Great Commission. Now, depending upon your Bible, it probably says it in the heading there. That's what it's known by, this Great Commission. In other words, we have this thing called the Great Commandment, where Jesus said, go and love God, everything inside of you, and your neighbor as yourself. This now, right here in Matthew chapter 28, verse 18, is where we begin to understand this word called disciple, discipleship, and where we receive a great commission from God. And so verse uh, 18 says, And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Can everybody say the word all? all? There you go. All authority has been in heaven and on earth has been given unto me. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I'm with you always to the end, to the end of the age. So we are his disciples. And the word disciple, it's really, it means something very simple. It means to be a learner. So if you go to ancient literature with the, uh, and there, there's lots of different disciples, a lot of philosophers had disciples, other belief systems had disciples. Uh, the word disciple biblically means to be a learner. And so as we think about what are we being a learner of, we are learning certain things. So in Christ, those who are following Jesus Christ, we are actually learning something. So here's what we're learning. We're learning how to walk in power and authority. I'll take you to the text in just a moment on that. But think about that. What are you learning in your life? Well, maybe you're learning a personal hobby. Maybe you're learning something. Uh, you're taking a class of some sort. Uh, maybe you're learning from a bunch of different avenues, which are all good and wonderful. Disciples are learning how to walk in power and authority that should comfort you, uh, give you great encouragement, give you tremendous enthusiasm for your faith because we're learning how to walk in power and authority. We're also, secondly, learning how to walk in love and kindness. We're learning how to walk in love and kindness. So the gospel is true. Jesus Christ rose from the dead, uh, but we are actually called as disciples to walk in love and kindness. We don't return wrong for wrong. We don't walk bitterly. Uh, we, we, are, we are actually people who forgive, which is my third one. We're learning how to forgive. We're learning how to connect deeply with God. We're learning how to redeem lost things. So you may have a, a story in your life, you know, about, a, about your past, and, and maybe there's something that feels lost and it's gone, and, and God wants to redeem those lost things in some way, and we're learning how to walk as disciples so that God will redeem lost things. We're learning how to heal we're learning, and the list can go on and on, but in Christ, to be a Christian, to be born again and full of the Holy Spirit, is to actually learn how to do this. And that's some of what we're learning. We are his disciples. Humans are learners. Uh, not everyone learns and grows, uh, but we are actually designed for learning. Some people, the Bible says, are always learning, but never coming to the knowledge of the truth. And we want to learn. We want to learn. We want to learn. Uh, if we have pain, we want to learn uh, from that pain. Uh, for us to learn usually needs some sort of pain and reward system. We're really odd that way as people. We usually, usually, you know, if I'd say, who wants to learn the easy way? Everyone's going to raise their hand. 
You're never going to learn. <laughs> it's just not in this side of eternity that it's always easy to learn that way. It's usually some pain and then reward and some reward and some pain this side of eternity. Uh, and we're a little bit like, uh, I, I, if I had a video, I would show this to you. But on YouTube, there's, you know, gosh, there's about a there's about hundred videos like this. So this one's about a mom named Karen and her son is five years old. And he's the cutest, cutest little guy. And in the kitchen, mom, which you don't see, you only see, you only see the little boy. You know, I don't know his name, but we know the mom's name is Karen because the mom is trying to educate the five-year-old boy on how to have appropriate behavior in the kitchen, which is really basically to eat your food. Mom is being on her A-game, totally patient. And so she's saying something like to her son, well, well, son, you're going to have to sit down now at the table and eat food with us, you know? And then you see the boy and the boy goes, no, 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 but Karen, but Karen, right? He's a five-year-old boy <laughs> saying back to mom the first name. And, uh, and so, so Karen, Karen, the mom, you know, is, is really patient. And so, so she's guiding him through all of these things and everything is like, no, 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 but Karen, but Karen, I don't have to use a fork. I can pick it up with my hands. No, 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 we don't, we don't do that here. You know, we do it this way and you got to get your napkin and put it over your lap. No, 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 but Karen, but Karen is like, like, like so often he says her name that way, which probably tells you what's going on in the home, right? Somebody else is probably talking to her maybe that way. But this little boy on that YouTube channel is just demonstrating that we struggle to learn. And mom in that video is being just, just like, just so gentle and kind and patient. And this little boy does not want to learn the things that Karen's trying to teach her son about how the house runs, how the household runs, what it is to be dignified. And that boy doesn't quite want to learn that the easy way. And that is just like us. Because Jesus Christ comes to you and says, I love you. I absolutely love you. And I will, I've gone to the cross to give my life to you. And he will tell us how to, how to learn. And we, we resist that. We really do. And so part of the YouTube teaching that I went through that you can see later on was that related to cannabis, and I'll make this very quick, I'm asking the question and pressing from the scriptures to the church, to anybody who will listen, do you understand to be a disciple of Jesus Christ means that God owns your body? He owns your body. You are a living temple of Jesus Christ. The spirit of God is inside this body animating it and he owns your body. And so you have to think about what you're doing with your body in everything. I'm just choosing cannabis because it's a very serious concern at the moment, but that's about everything. And is your body physically, are you in a willful spot? We're saying my body is actually, is actually a temple of the Holy Spirit. We don't learn those things very, very easily. Okay, so the word discipleship revolves around the word kingdom. So you have to understand this word kingdom, and I'm sort of ramping up. I'll get in the text here, give you some things to understand. This word discipleship revolves around the word kingdom. So I have a phrase that I want to give by kingdom, because what's happened is, like if I say kingdom, if I would ask everybody, go, okay, so what do you think the kingdom of God is? What do you think the kingdom of God is? And you might be, you might be surprised to find out that there's very few definitions to actually what is the kingdom of God. I mean, there really are very few. 
And so I'm going to give this one to you because I want you to I want you to understand it. This is really right on, and it has everything to do with fruitfulness in your life. So what is the kingdom? The kingdom is the king's power over and through the king's people in the king's place and space. It's the king's power. I'm not talking to you in my own power. I'm not living in my own power, living in the power of the king. Jesus is actually that king. And so he has released the Holy Spirit to give us that power over and through the king's people. Okay, so if you're one of God's people, give me two right hands up like this, right? Good, if you're one of God's people, right? You can do that. Thank you, thank you. I appreciate that. Put your hands down. I know there's some resistors out there going like this. He said it, so I'll do it. That's fine. All right, the king's power over and through the king's people in the king's place and space. So what does that relate? That means that we are learning, learning how when we walk around in life, we are actually carrying inside of us the spirit of living Christ, and we are taking all of that kingdom resource wherever we go. That's why I love this presentation about mentoring. That's a great kind of example of that. And there's so many others that we'll talk about. But a disciple is that. A disciple is somebody who is in the king's power, uh, in their life and through their life, and taking the king's place in all kinds of different spaces. Okay, let's work through the text. All right. So in verse 18, I kind of read this introduction. Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. And I made you say the word all out loud just for fun. So in terms of context in the Bible, this is after the cross. Jesus went to the cross. This is our Easter story. He was resurrected on the third day. Everybody can say yes. yes. Thank you so much. We got that much down. On the third day, Jesus is resurrected from the dead. And for another 40 days, he's all around Jerusalem. So a lot of people don't know this. For 40 days, he's, he's all around Jerusalem. I mean, he's in one place and another place, all around ancient Israel. So when we talk about the resurrection, there were those who could see him afterwards in, in, in many different groups and settings. And so here he's going to leave. He's on his way out at the end of that, and he's going to come on this Jewish festival called Pentecost, which has great significance, and that's where the Holy Spirit is going to descend, and the church is actually going to be created. The Holy Spirit will now animate and be inside all of us who call upon the name of the Lord. So I want to talk about this word authority. All authority has been given to me because it's really different if you study the Bible. When you study the Bible, there's this word called dunamis, which is most popular for the word power. And that's like power to do certain things. So if you're in the gym and you want to put a couple plates on and you want to press something, do you have the power to do that? And if you do have the power to do that, well, then that's dunamis power. There's another Greek word called archon, which is like, you know, first and supreme and superior. But that's not the word that's used here. Jesus, when he uses authority, he's using this very interesting word called exousia. It says all authority... It's translated that way. It's this word exousia, which is actually power to choose. Really fascinating. And not just the power to choose, the ability to do it. The ability to make something stick. And so here's how it works. When Jesus says, I have all power and authority, I have all authority. He says, I have the ability to choose you to be my son or daughter. I have that. I have that divine right to choose you to be mine. And I have the ability to make that stick. And I actually choose now to release myself through the power of the Holy Spirit 
into your life so that you in your life will actually become victorious over every failure, setback, pain, grief, and everything that would ever, ever pull you down. I actually choose you. And I choose you for blessing, not curse. I choose you for love and goodness. I choose you and I place that inside you. And I, Jesus Christ, the text says, have the ability to make it stick. Fascinating word, as Jesus says, all authority has been given unto me. It's not just the power, which is the most common word, as I said, dunamis, related to Jesus' healing. You read in the text that Jesus healed the blind man and power came over him or some phrase like that. You go into the original language, that's dunamis. Or you talk about him, you know, walking on water and doing all these other things, that's dunamis, power to do certain things. This word here for authority is very different. I have as a divine right as God to choose you. And I do. It's incredible. So Jesus said, all power has been given unto me in heaven and on earth. Go, go therefore. So I'll, I'll tell you, there, go actually has a very complicated definition when we talk about discipleship. And so go means don't stay. That's what it means, right? So go means don't stay. So you're going to go somewhere. You're going to go. You're going to grow. You're going to go someplace. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all. Well, give me that word in your, in, the, in your Bible there. What's the first word? All what? All nations, right? Baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. So we, as Jesus' people, we go to other places to help those people be learners of Jesus just as we are. That's what we do. We go to other nations or we go to other groups. Talk about more of those nations in a moment because uh, it's related to ethnos and ethnicities, actually. We go to other places and we tell these people to learn from Jesus Christ just as we're learning from Jesus Christ. That's what it means to be a disciple. We give away whatever we have inside us. Now, that nations is really interesting because it's related to ethnic groups learning about Jesus and they're learning to obey. So you think about, you know, okay, you think about, okay, we're gonna go to Mexico, we'll go to Canada. Uh, who wants to go with me to Australia, New Zealand, right? Those are great countries. Then you could choose Europe or like war-torn Ukraine right now, or you just begin to name all the countries. But the word nations is actually much more like a subset of that. And, and it's all the different ethnicities inside various nations. All, all of those, all of those need Jesus. And so all around the world, there's incredible things that are going on. Tremendous, tremendous things that are going on. I mean, one of my, one of my favorites is a, a group called Orality. And what, what, what they have chosen to do is to actually go into tribes of 50,000 or less around the world and actually give them an oral Bible. And how they do it is fascinating. Because all of these tribes have storytellers. I'll do this really quick. So they, have, they have storytellers. And, uh, and, and so somebody goes on the team and they go to the storyteller of the tribe of 50,000 and say, I've got some great God stories for you. And they say, okay, great. Well, what if somebody comes in and tells us about God? They go and tell them about the Lord. And, and then from there, from there, those stories begin to go in little subgroups throughout that culture. And it's incredible. And so God wants to actually allow nations and subgroups to learn from Jesus and we are his disciples, and this means we love and follow the Lord. And then we follow 
him and they follow him as we follow us and, 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 and we, we, we completely go in that manner as disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ. All right, baptizing. Baptizing them is just immersion. So uh, if you got in the shower and you got wet, that's kind of a version of immersion. If you dump in a pool completely with your head, that's immersion. If you come to our baptisms and we have a horse trough and we really dunk you and hold you down, I always tease about I'm gonna hold people down really, really good. Uh, you know, uh, I love doing that. We were baptizing last summer a boy here who was uh, very wonderful. He had some uh, physical challenges with them and we made a lot of preparations to, to actually baptize him. And uh, we had him all wrapped up in a special kind of uh, 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 straps to get him. And, you know, so they, they finally got kind of in the water. And I said to him, I go, you want to be baptized? And then he touches the water. I go, you ready for this? He goes, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. I go, whoosh. <laughs> but now, you know, and, uh, and he goes, I told you I'm not ready. I go, were you ready? And afterwards, he's ready. It's all good. Yeah. But that's what it means to be immersed, right? You take in somebody's, somebody's going to push you down and immerse you completely, soak you, soaking wet. If, I, if there was a baptismal trough right here and I got in it and got out, all of you would say, Pastor Rick Soto is soaking wet. Yes? That's what it means to be filled with the Holy Spirit and be a disciple of Jesus. You are soaking, soaking, soaking wet with Jesus. That's what it means. And, 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 and so we, we baptize other nations and other ethnic groups and other people, and we call upon the Trinitarian name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And we call upon that blessing of those people. We want to be a blessing to those people as we, as we immerse them which is why I find it so interesting that Jesus says, okay, go and teach them, but first they have to be immersed. First they have to be baptized. They have to be saved. They have to be born again. And then, and then after that experience and knowing that truth, you can teach them to obey. Teach them to obey. And the word here, I want you to go in your Bibles because it's really important to obey. Okay, so in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, verse 20, uh, teaching them to observe or obey all that I have commanded you. So not just some, but all. I want to point something out if you guys really like the Bible here. And uh, this is actually in verse 20. I've actually done a lot of work on this study-wise. So in terms, of, in terms of study, Jesus will say, and I, and I pray, church, that you just will receive this. You know, I almost, I'm not going to do it right now, but I almost want us like to shout this out back to one another because the last phrase here says, Jesus, this is right from the Savior's mouth. This is right to you, right here, right now. He says, and behold, okay, so I've told you all these things. Maybe you're scared. Maybe you don't know. Maybe you don't understand. Then know this, I am with you always, always. Your best day, your worst day, your happiest moment, your most tragic one, your you're all everything in between. I am with you always to the end of the age. Now listen, this word I am, it grammatically is very unique. So I know I'm maybe tripping you up with a little Greek language kind of things. And, and so just, just, just go there with me, right? This is part of, part of learning, part of, part of trying to mature in the faith and understand this because there's, there's, a, there's a message right here. In the original language, it's called ego in me. And so that's ego in me, and that's E-I-M-I. -I. And so that's how it says 
because that's I am. And that is the Greek version of the ancient word of Yahweh. That is a signal in the text where Jesus is saying, I am that great I am. That God who's came and that God who came and said to Abraham, Abraham, I'm going to do something. You're going to leave your home. You're going to go for a long walk. You're going to go for a really long walk. And I'm going to give you a kid, and you're going to wait forever for that kid. And you're not going to actually be straight with me always. You're not going to be right with me always. But I am going to take you to that place of blessing where your seed is my seed, and we will be a blessing to everyone. I am. I am that same God of Moses who had the audacity as, as, as a person exiled, who was a criminal at one time, who was a murderer at one time, and he absolutely did not want to go back to Egypt and face all of his old life. Ever have that? Ever have God come and make you face your old life and old relationships and old people that you don't want to be around necessarily from prior days and prior living. And so Moses is going to go there and he's going to have to actually be completely misunderstood. And he's going to have to go and tell him who the Lord is. Who is the Lord, Moses? He is the great I am. And Pharaoh's going to say, I don't care about the I am. He goes, oh, well, you better hold on, brother, because it's coming. And I am that same I am who came to David and said, someone will sit on your throne forever. Your throne, David, I have chosen prophetically to be the throne of my son, Jesus, to endure forever. I am that God. And now Jesus comes in a new covenant here at the very end. If you study the Bible, you know these ego emis or I am statements are found in other gospels, especially John. But Jesus at the very end here is saying, in case you're wondering, when I say to you, I am with you always, always, always to the end, then know this about me. I am the creator God who called you into being. All the laws of physics obey me. And if I say I'm with you to the end, I have the ability to make it stick. with you always to the end of the age. What end of the age? Well, there's something called a rapture, which means that the Lord will simply call the church out. That begins a tremendous great tribulation period. Then a millennial kingdom where um, evil is kind of bound up for a while and uh, the devil is bound up for a while and it's an incredible place. And then heaven at last, these are, I'm with you always. I'm with you always through all the economy of time and space. Let's talk about discipleship. And uh, let me try and run for home real quick. So, listen, disciples, just say the obvious, are, are actually, they're actually like bonded to one church. You know, it's not that we don't love other churches or all of that. No, there, there's nothing... We, we at the Ranch Church are not any better than any other Jesus-loving church at all. Not at all, not at all, not at all. Uh, I can't tell you how many times people uh, through the years have ever asked me, you know, how big is your church? How big is your church? And I just go, because they're part of another church. I go, you know how big my church is? Your church is bigger than my church. And I say that just to just kind of cut to the chase of like that, you know, comparison kind of thing. But disciples are bonded to one church because they become friends. They become loyal to one another. And that's right and good. Discipleship revolves around small groups and personal interactions. Disciples are actually learning, have learned themselves how to receive Christ, 
They've taught other people how to receive Christ. And discipleship is actually one of the most rewarding, it's the most rewarding journey in the Christian life, really. I mean, I, I've, I've got this relationship of one of the, somebody I led to Christ um, now about 35 years ago. And I led this guy to Christ 35 years ago on the campus of UCLA. And I literally just got like a little gospel booklet out and I just read it to him, the four spiritual laws. You know, and I was holding it out. I was going, <clears throat> see, it, it, says, it says God, says, says God, God loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life, right? And I'm saying that to a college student, right? And, and uh, I'm trying to read it. Oh, there's John 3.16. Let me see what John 3.16 says, right? I mean, I have this hokiest, nerdiest, like, you know, I, I, was, I was beginning my, my, my missionary time that way. It's like, I should have been fired day one. Like, you, know, you, can't, you can't read the Bible right. I can't, I'm just holding it. Okay, law two. Okay, there's law two. Oh, bro, you're gonna have to hold on to fish. You know what law two says? Okay, remember the law one said God loves you? Yeah, yeah, you're a sinner. Yeah, you're, you're, you're a big sinner. You know, you're a sinner, you're a sinner. Look what it says right here. <laughs> and so I'm going through this, right? And he, he gives his life to Christ right on the spot. And I'm thinking, no way, no way, no way. And so I, 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 uh, I, I come back, literally, I had to take a trip. I come back the next week and I'm on campus. And I'm, the true story, I'm really, I'm really watching this guy on the campus mall there and he's going back and forth and he, has, he didn't know what to do. So he just wrote on three by five cards, God loves you, I love Jesus, come with me. And he's just handing them out to people. You know, like, like, God loves you. I, I don't know what is happening to me, but you know, it really happened to me. Jesus inside of me, come with me. And, he's, and I'm watching this guy. Are you trying to share the faith? Like day one? So he becomes a businessman, becomes a successful businessman. And uh, then he calls me recently to tell me uh, that, he's having a, that, that he's having a career altering opportunity. And now he's entering into full-time ministry. And then he reminds me, Rick, remember it started with you on the mall. It changed my life. And when we meet Jesus Christ, it starts in some mall of your life where he changes your life. We learn about receiving Christ because there's a first principle that I want you guys to understand, and it's this. God wants to have all of you so you can have all of him. God wants to have all of you, not some of you, not a portion of you. He wants to have all of you. You know why? Because you need to be saved. You need to be healed. You need to be set free. You need love. You need more. You need his beauty in your life. And so he's going to take all of you. He's going to take the good and the ugly, the stuff you can't let go of, the things that you're holding on to. He wants to take all of you. God wants to have all of you so you can have all of him. And he has actually made this principle in this way where you actually have to acknowledge the Lord Jesus Christ publicly. If you acknowledge him publicly, Jesus says, I will acknowledge you before the Father. If you deny me publicly, I will deny you before the Father. So he has actually made this faith step necessary for us in this way so that we would actually be strengthened in our faith. And so I'm going to ask you, place Jesus Christ at the center of your life and to do so right now. You begin this journey by actually asking Christ in that same way. And you're not going to know everything in the beginning, but Jesus Christ wants to come in the center of your life, make you that disciple, teach you things, help you to learn 
But the beginning of all of that, the beginning of all of that is by stepping out and separating yourself and acknowledging Jesus Christ in some public way. Because the truth of the matter is as you're a disciple, that's never gonna stop. You're never gonna stop needing to come forward for prayer, never gonna stop all kinds of expressions of faith. But this first principle is true. God wants to have all of you so you can have all of him. So I'm gonna pray right now. I'm gonna pray right now. I believe, I believe there's a few of you that need to actually publicly acknowledge that you are gonna place your faith in Jesus Christ to be the center of your life and that you're actually gonna stand up, you're gonna join me here and Christ is gonna do miracles upon miracles in your life just as we know it to be true. And so pray with me right now. Lord Jesus, I pray now that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you would come upon us, that you would just come upon us right now in the power of the Holy Spirit and that you would give us the strength and faith to acknowledge that we need to receive you and we need to acknowledge that. And so if you're ready to receive Christ, just pray out loud right now. Just say right where you're at. I want to hear it out loud. Lord Jesus, I need you. Take all of my life so I can have all of yours. Forgive me of my sin. Give me a new heart. And I say, thank you, Jesus. I receive you now as my Savior and Lord. I pray this, Jesus, in your name. Thanks for listening to the Ranch Church Podcast. For more information and service times, go to ranchchurch.com.